In a world where social media and outrageous beauty standards reign supreme, Girls in Real Life encourages young women to love themselves by living fearless and filter-free. Society might have its own idea of what a girl should be, but we're here to remind you of what it truly means to be a girl in real life. Now, let's get into this week's episode. you guys welcome to this week's episode i am so excited because we are talking about hair and i have a very special guest with me to discuss this topic so i'm going to let her introduce herself and tell us a little bit about who she is and what she does hi mariah (laughs) i am bria black i am a project manager at a telecommunications company one of the biggest internet companies in the world and i do project management with a bunch of engineers and things like that every single day (laughs) that sounds awesome are you like one of the only women who work there I wouldn't say I'm one of the only women, but I'm definitely one of the only black women. Well, guys, today we're talking about natural hair. So me and Bria are both natural. And a little backstory, we actually went to high school together. She was my older sister's best friend, which by default makes her my best friend. So that's (laughs) how we know each other. Um, So I know, I remember when we were in school together and both of our hair was usually always straight all the time. Um, So did you always straighten your hair growing up or was it natural and then you just kind of converted? I always had relaxers growing up. I got my first relaxer when I was in second grade. Oh, wow. And from, yeah. So from second grade up until 2015, I got relaxers every eight, eight weeks. That's crazy. I didn't get my first relaxer until I was in the seventh grade. And I vividly remember this because I remember me and my mom were driving in the car and she was like, Mariah, we need to do something about your hair. Like, it looks crazy. (laughs) I'm like, what do you mean it looks crazy? I think it looks fine. And she was like, well, we can just try it. And she obviously didn't know, but she was just like, well, Mm -hmm. if you don't like it, you know, you can always go back to your natural hair, whatever. Mm -hmm. That was a total lie, but she didn't know that at the time. Pretty much, right. Yeah. So I got my first perm when I was in the seventh grade and I remember I went to school the next day and I got so many compliments from like people who had never spoken to me before never talked to me before people who used to make fun of me like they were like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh Mariah your hair is so pretty you look so good Mm -hmm. and I like 11 12 years old you're like "Mm, this this is what I need to hear so then you start getting these thoughts in your head like maybe I need to wear my hair straight all the time so I can be beautiful and get this attention so that's kind of like where it started for me um so were there people who you grew up around that told you straighter hair was beautiful or did your mom just not really know how to take care of your hair? Well, when I was, I mean, I I always had just very thick hair. It was very thick and it was Mm -hmm. very hard to manage. Wash days for my mom were overwhelming because it it would last all day. She had to wash it and then blow dry it and then straighten it. And it was just a lot for her. So I think she mainly did it because she just couldn't handle it, to be honest. And so every time I would get like a fresh relaxer and my edges would be super slick, (laughs) girl, everybody, oh my God, your hair is so pretty. And oh my God, how do you get it like that? What did you do? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, I I just, it's a perm. I don't know. And so in between perms, my hair would go back into the puffy, you know, braids and stuff. But like when Mm -hmm. I got a fresh relaxer and it was just bone straight, it's the same way. I got so many compliments. Everybody was all up on me. Like, girl, your hair is so nice. And so I just kind of internalized that straight hair was the only way to be pretty. Um, I know you got your first perm at a really young age, but do you remember ever like getting teased for your hair before that point or not really? Um, 
No, not not really. I wore a lot of plaits and stuff before. And so I just I've always had straight hair. So if you would have known me in college, all of my friends knew I was like, I'm never going natural. Like that's just not my style. It's not my thing. Like I will never ever go natural. It's just not me. So I I had just I would I had just come to the realization that I was just gonna be straight forever. Like I Mm -hmm. had no desire to be natural at all. So what like switched? I was forced to go natural. It wasn't a choice, Raya, <laughs> because I went to study abroad my junior year of college for six months in Nicaragua. Oh, that's cool. And I got a perm right before I went. And then during the whole six months, I just didn't get any more <laughs> relaxers because I was in a foreign country yeah. and I didn't want them doing a relaxer on me. So I was like, I'm just going to, it'll be fine. I'm just going to thug it out for six months. But my hair had broken off so bad. By the time I got back to the States, my hair was just broken down. I was looking terrible. And so I went to get my hair done and my beautician was like, well, do you want to relax? And I was like, no, just cut off all the dead pieces and I'm just going to try to go natural and and transition. So my hair literally was shoulder length by the Mm -hmm. time I got back. Like it started off being like almost close to to bra strap length. Then when I went to go get my hair done, it was she had to cut off so much hair so I was like I'm just gonna transition and see what happens oh that's so crazy I transitioned too I could not do the big chop first of all my head is too big for that but (laughs) no like I vividly remember because at we both went to a high school that was predominantly Mm -hmm. white and Mm -hmm. I vividly remember like being in elementary and middle school and having kids make fun of me because of my hair and so when Mm. I did go to school with my hair straight and I started getting all those compliments I thought that that was what I had to do in order to feel beautiful or in order to fit in and I did that all the way throughout my middle school and high school career like I was straightening my hair every single day (laughs) it was a chore and it was so draining and your hair just smells like that burnt flat iron it was like not cute (laughs) so I didn't even think about going natural until maybe closer to my senior year of high school but even then I was still getting like sew-ins and not so Mm -hmm. much like straightening my hair but still getting like the sew-in or straight hair look with yeah other people's hair so exactly (laughs) Yeah, so I went to um, Southern University, which is an HBCU in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And when I tell you, I was a freshman on campus and I saw so many beautiful black women just like being unapologetically themselves, loving their hair, loving their bodies, just like everything, everything that I was so like afraid to love about myself they were doing it and I was like man I I need to get some confidence like them like they're just out here killing it they don't care what people say and so that was when I started going natural and I would be like in my dorm room and my roommates can vouch for me on this I would literally take just like a pair of random scissors and like if I wanted to wear my (laughs) hair out I would just like cut off the stringy little pieces (laughs) that I saw I know everybody's probably cringing right now I would literally just go and like cut it because I'm like it looks dumb anyways (laughs) but (laughs) that's what I did and it was such a hard transition for me because you know that like weird stage where your hair is curly at the top and then it's like stringy at the bottom and it's like I have PTSD yes 
it's like you literally have to make yourself go through that phase. And mm-hmm. I had to learn how to like love my hair at each stage I was at. I was like, okay, exactly. well, since my hair is curly at the top and stringy at the bottom, we just going to be rocking some buns for a little while. And exactly. I had to kind of switch it up and figure out what I wanted to do. And then as my hair grew out, I started loving my hair more. I'm like, man, I didn't know my hair could do this. And mm-hmm. then I started watching YouTube videos and yes. perm rods and flexi rods and twist outs. And I was like, oh, we going to get a little fancy here. But it was so crazy because the more I learned about my hair, the more I'd learned to love my hair. So when did you start learning about how to take care of your natural hair? And do you think that helped you love your hair even more? Well, so when I, when I got back from studying abroad and my hair was shorter, I ended up just wearing a lot of protective styles. I wore Mm -hmm. braids and stuff all the time until I finally got the nerves to cut off all my dead ends. And when I finally saw myself for the first time with just my natural hair, it was super short. I had a TWA, teeny mini afro. And I was like, (laughs) I am hideous. I literally, my self-confidence just dropped to the ground. I felt like I was so ugly because I had attached my beauty to this straight hair. And Mm -hmm. so seeing myself for the first time, I was like, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And so I wore a lot of braids and stuff for a long time. And I ended up going off to grad school to Louisiana Tech. And I didn't know anybody there. So I kind of had a chance to kind of, I guess, make a new identity or nobody really knew me. So I didn't really feel pressured to have a certain kind of persona. And I wore my hair out for the first time. And I was like, it's not terrible. It's a little bit better because it had kind of grown out a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of stopped wearing protective styles. And I was like, I'm going to commit to wearing my hair out. I'm going to commit to doing these braid outs and doing these twist outs and learning what products my hair liked. And looking back, I remember I took one picture and I I, I remember this day because I was like, oh, my hair is cute this day. I looked back at it recently. Hideous girl looking a hot mess. But in that moment, I was really feeling myself. (laughs) And so I think that me just forcing myself to not hide behind braids, don't hide behind all these extensions, just embrace your hair. I really started to take care of it like a baby and like really care for it and take my time and be gentle and put in the hours, deep condition all the time, detangle slowly. And I just grew to like really value it like a child on almost like I I grew this like this is my baby I literally grew it from the bottom to now and so I think that that whole process just made me just value it so much yeah I agree because well first of all I didn't even know what deep conditioning was until I was like a sophomore in I didn't know like how to braid or twist my hair mm-hmm. and it was like this whole learning process and thank God for YouTube because I learned Girl. so much from YouTube and I remember mm-hmm. like I remember when I was in high school and I would like try and look up like curly hairstyles to wear to school and I really couldn't find anything but now it's like these days there are so many educational videos and so many different hairstyles that you can try and like ways to manipulate your hair. And I don't, I feel like there's no excuse for anybody to say, I, I can't go natural. Like that's not for me because you literally have all of these resources exactly. here waiting for you. So what helped you overcome the irrational thoughts that you had about your hair? Like you, I remember you were saying that you thought it was ugly at one point. What do you think helped you overcome that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like I just, I think that by me taking care of it and knowing that 
with the small steps I was doing was making incremental progress. Cause I could see like when you take pictures, you look at one picture from February and then mm-hmm. one picture from May, you're like, my, my hair did kind of grow a little bit. <laughs> and so I think that taking those pictures and looking back to how far that I came and knowing that I was going towards something, you know, big, I had like inspiration photos. Like I want my hair to be this long. I can wait till it's this big and I'm going to do this style. Mm-hmm. So just having a goal, like knowing that I was going somewhere, it wasn't just not growing at all. Yeah. And so knowing that something was happening, Helped me to just realize that this stage is not going to be forever. I'm not going to be at this awkward curl link thing forever. I'm going to go somewhere bigger. So it helped me to just not stay stuck and know that it was going to get better eventually. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing is like understanding the bigger picture and knowing like everything I'm doing now is going to better my hair or whatever. Like even just in life in general, like whatever I'm doing now is going to help me in the future in some way. So mm-hmm. knowing that the phase isn't going to last forever. And as my volleyball coach used to always say, enjoy the process. <laughs> I used to oh. hate when she said that, <laughs> but the process is the hardest part. <laughs> it's the hardest part. And like, but, but really taking those, I feel like seeing the progression. Cause I watched your hair video on YouTube oh. where you showed all the progress. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you can see how far we all have come from when we first started to where we are now, it's like, this is a journey. Yes, it is a journey. <laughs> a journey. And, but it's going to be worth it. Like, it's worth it if you just keep putting in the time and energy to make it, make it work for you. All right. So I know that this has been like kind of a debate. And they even made a documentary about it, Good Hair. <laughs> so mm-hmm. do you think that there is a such thing as good hair? No. I think good hair is just hair that you take care of. Mm-hmm. I think that people people get caught up because they see somebody else's hair and they're like, well, my hair doesn't look like their hair. So my hair is bad. Right. No friend, your hair has to be what your hair can be. You can't compare your hair to somebody else's and think that it's not working right. Cause even when I do wash and goes today, it's like my wash and go compared to other people I see on Instagram is trash compared <laughs> to them. Cause it doesn't look like them at all. But right. for me, this is just the way that my hair curls. And I know that it's moisturized. I know that it's taken care of. I just mm-hmm. got it trimmed. So it's good. For me. Right. And it's just important to not compare. I love that. I feel like the media... I always say the media has an agenda because you always see like the stereotypical light skinned girl with the long curly hair, you know, and I think that people associate that with being good hair, like the looser Mm -hmm. your hair or the wavier your hair, the better your hair and the tighter kinkier your hair the worse it is and I think it's just a matter of learning how like you said to deal with your hair and to get your hair good for you and not try Mm -hmm. and base that off of what other people's hair look like because it's impossible to have somebody oh well it's not impossible because you can buy anybody's hair but (laughs) (laughs) but for you and your hair you know you have to do whatever is right for you instead of trying Mm -hmm. to do because even the same thing with products like people are always asking me well what products do you use and then I'll recommend something and they'll say well that didn't work but at the end of the day like what works for me is not might not work for you good hand clap if it does but if it doesn't then that it's just a whole trial and error thing that like I have gone through through so many different products, so many different brands. I have wasted so much money on <laughs> what products work for my hair. <laughs> that's a sermon in itself. And that's why I take so much pride in my hair because it's like, if y'all understood how much money, how much money <laughs> is invested in each strand, every conditioner, every shampoo, every leave-in, like it's expensive. It is it's so expensive. <laughs> 
It is so expensive. When people are like, oh, natural hair, like you just have to wake up and go. No, girl. No, no, no that is not the no. case. No. <laughs> for some Absolutely people, not. maybe, but for the majority, we put in some work for this. Work. <laughs> Like, got the arm muscles to show it. Yes. <laughs> so I want to talk about your experiences as a Black woman who wears her natural hair in the corporate world. Was that, like, a weird thing for you to do? Did you get any racism or discrimination because of that? I think it's interesting. I remember when I first started, I started as an intern at my company, and I wore a weave the first week. And I knew that I had to take my weave out because it was starting to itch girl. But I was nervous, like nobody at the office with natural hair, nobody. And so I found this, this black girl that kind of sat around the corner for me. And I was like, hey, like, should I, should I wear my hair natural? Should I wear it straight? Because I don't really see anybody with, with their hair out. So I don't know if, I, if it's appropriate. She's mm-hmm. like, yeah, girl, you'll be fine. Which was easy for her to say because her hair was straight. I mean, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, whatever. And so... I was so nervous though, but I, but, but I ended up wearing my hair out. And I, I don't think that I, it's, it's interesting because I don't know if it's racism or discrimination, but I know I've gotten so many comments. It's always a comment like, oh, yeah. look at your hair. Those oh, microaggressions. So, exactly. And people are like, oh, did you do your hair today? Because it's, you know, big and fluffy. Like, did mm-hmm. you comb me? Did you what? Yes. But I also think that it's good and bad because I'm very, mem- I'm very memorable. So people, once they see me, once they know who I am, they won't yeah. forget because I'm the only person that looks like this and they remember my hair. And so when I make a good impression, I feel like it lasts because they're going to remember my hair more than anything. And it's going to carry me in different situations. So it's definitely microaggressions, but I try to use it in a positive way to just be memorable Yeah. and do good work so people know who I am, I guess. That's a good way to look at it. While we're on the subject of your work, I need you to tell this story of how you were on a Zoom call in your bonnet. Mariah. (laughs) I need them to know this. (laughs) Okay, if you want to embarrass me in front of a million people, that's fine. (laughs) I'll tell the story. So... Since we're in this pandemic, we have all switched to Zoom meetings and there's an option to share your screen or not. I chose to always keep my screen hidden. I didn't want anybody to see me because more than more often than not, I would wear my bonnet (laughs) and my robe and do my meetings like that. And so I got placed on this really important project it's like one of the biggest projects at, at, at our company and it's every Tuesday and 50 plus people join the call, mostly all, all white guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm responsible for being a professional project manager for this project. Well, one day I'm going about my business, going, getting my update and I see a red light. Blinking. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what that is. I'm trying to just stay focused and make sure that I'm enunciating and, and pronouncing my words correctly. And I look again and I'm like, oh my God, my screen is sharing right now. <laughs> what the heck? And so I have a mini panic attack. I try to keep my composure, but I obviously start stammering like, uh, uh, um, and, um, and I try to like indiscreetly turn off my camera and my whole body just starts shaking. Cause I'm like, oh my God, I have never shared my screen before. These people have no idea what I look like. And the first time they ever see me, I'm in a grandma bonnet. Not one of those cute little Instagram scars with the nice, no. 
pink, fluffy, bonnet, grandmother, bonnet, bonnet, <laughs> like the most bonnety bonnet you could ever bonnet in. And I was traumatized. I was like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. This is not okay. But I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe nobody saw. Maybe <laughs> it was just me. Maybe nobody noticed. The next Tuesday, I get on the call. And before I start to present, somebody's like, hey, Bria, make sure you don't share your screen again like <laughs> last time so we don't see your hair thing. And I just die on the inside. I just die because I know that my career is pretty much over because they're going to see me as the bonnet girl for the rest of my life. That is so funny to me. But you know what? Like, even in the media, they're like, you'd never see a Black woman with her bonnet on. And never. Why? Why? Because Never. that is the norm. I don't know any black woman that doesn't go to bed without a bonnet or silk scarf or something on her head. And why should we be ashamed of that? Exactly. And I think that it's so crazy because what is the white woman equivalent of a bonnet? It's like a messy bun, right? Yeah. But messy buns don't have the same connotation as a bonnet. That's true. And I feel like a, a messy bun would be even acceptable on a call. Cause it's like, Oh, it's just a bun. Like, it's no big deal, but a bonnet seems so much more cliche. And I think that's just another example of like, you know, those, those, that, that, that subtle racism, like your version of unkempt is acceptable, but my version is just totally, you know, crazy. And I promise you, like, if I do not have my bonnet on, I will wake up and my hair will be all over the place and it'll be way worse to not have the bonnet on than it would be to have it on. (laughs) Preach. Preach, Mariah. Okay, so two things. I'll ask you the first thing first. What is some advice you could give to someone who might be afraid to go natural or feels uncomfortable with going natural? I think that it is the most beautiful way that you can be because God created you for this exact face and for your face to match your hair and for your hair to go with your whole body. Like, it, it's, it's, it's the way that you were designed to be. And so I don't think that we should, you know, try to change who we were destined to be. It's just, it's just better in my opinion, because it's so much more healthy and it doesn't have all those harsh chemicals and it's not breaking off. And you can actually go swimming. Yeah. Like that's what I like most about being natural is because I can swim with relaxers. <laughs> you can't swim. That is true. <laughs> You're missing out on so much of life, but it just, it just makes, it's just healthy. I think it's healthier and it, and it, and it just grows so yeah. much more freely. It's definitely less of a burden too. It is. Because, I mean, even today, like I was outside and it started raining and I was like, oh, that's fine. Exactly. But if my hair was like straight, I'd be like, oh my God, I need to get in the house right exactly. now. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to ask was what is some, what are some of your best hair tips that you could give our listeners? My goal, I have three things that I live and die by. Okay. Number one, deep conditioning. If I can't deep condition, I will not wash my hair. I second that. It has that. to be deep conditioning with heat for me. Heat is like my thing. And if I do not have heat and I cannot deep condition, I will wait weeks to wash it because I have to deep condition every single time. My second one will be to get trims often. Mariah, I'm so upset because I have not. COVID messed up my plans, but I was supposed to get a trim a bit earlier. And because I waited, I had to cut off so much more hair because my hair was just splitting so bad. Mm-hmm. And so regular trims really do save tears. I was hurt. I was so hurt because I had to cut off so much hair. But it's fine. I'm getting over it. Because <laughs> my last tip is just to leave your hair alone 
and don't over manipulate. Try to do as many protective styles as you can and just let it grow. And hopefully I won't miss the inches that I lost in the, at, at my last trim because I'm going to continue to protect the style and just let my hair just grow on its own. I'm not going to do anything to it. I'm just going to wash it and deep condition it and let it grow. I agree with all of those. I think deep conditioning is definitely number one and was a game changer for me when I actually learned what it was because <laughs> your hair is just so much more healthier. You, It's so much more moisturized. Your curls look more alive. Um, yeah, everything you, I'm trying to think of, if, are there any ones? I think, um, if you don't like have a bonnet or are uncomfortable with like wearing a bonnet to bed, I think a satin pillowcase is a game changer because Definitely. especially when my scarf falls off, I have my satin pillowcase as backup and then my Definitely. hair won't be super crazy in the morning. Um, do I have anything else? Do you have any like, like staple products that you have to use every single time or are you pretty flexible? I'm usually pretty flexible on the products. I'm not so much flexible on the brand. So mm-hmm. like my top brands right now are Carol's Daughter. Um, I absolutely love her products. Everything she makes is incredible. And then Myel Organics is another big one that mm-hmm. I love. And they were actually yeah. one of the first brands I started using when I went natural. And I just love them. Um, and also... Aussie has some really good, like if you need some cheap, quick (laughs) products from Walmart or Target, Aussie is the way to go. Their their three-minute deep conditioner is one of my favorite products to use. It makes my hair feel super soft. Um, So yeah, those are probably like my top three favorites. What about you? I have never tried a bad product from the main choice. Anything that I've tried from main main choice. choice. Everything I've tried from them, I've loved. Every like I've tried all of their different brands and lines and stuff. I've never had a bad experience with them. I still rock with Shea Moisture. I've been rocking with Shea Moisture since the beginning, like OG I've never Shea, used moisture. Shea Moisture. You never use Shea Moisture? <laughs> I've never what? used Shea Moisture. I know. That's fine. No judgment. <laughs> no judgment. But my my staple, like my go-to Walmart conditioner, is actually Tresemme. Really? It's a Tresemme um, Luxurious Moisture Conditioner. It's $5 too at Walmart. And I've been using that since the very beginning too. And it's it's great for my it's great for my hair. Wow. I've never, well, I'm not gonna say I've never used Tresemme because I have, but I've never used it like for my natural hair, I should say. Like I would always use it when my hair was like straighter or perm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I might have to try that out because I those uh, all of these like natural hair care brands, their product sizes are so like small compared to the big Tresemme bottles that you can oh, get. Exactly. And I'm like, at least make the conditioner bottle like three times bigger than the shampoo bottle because exactly. I go through conditioners so fast. I totally agree. And they're so expensive. Like the natural hair care mm-hmm. shampoo and conditioners, like for what, two uses versus getting that Aussie bottle or that Tresemme bottle, girl? $5 gets you through a month. All right, y'all. We are running out of time, but Bria, I'm going to ask you one more question. I leave all of my guests with this question. It is, what is your biggest life lesson? Because I know for me, when I now that I've gotten older, I've always looked back and said, man, I wish I would have known that then. So whatever phase you are in life, I want to know what is your biggest life lesson so that you can probably help someone who might be listening, who's going through the same thing. The thing that I'm learning right now is to over-communicate, whether that be at work, in relationships, in friendships, 
Nobody knows what you're thinking. People can't read your mind. And so over communicate what you need, what you want, what your expectations are, just so there's no confusion about what's going to be best for you and what people can do to, to help you in your own personal journey and, and just communicating. And if you think that they got it, communicate one more time just to be sure because words can get so mixed up and trying to read between the lines and can get really difficult. So just be very clear and just communicate and communicate and over communicate. That is some really good advice. Communication is key in everything, y'all. For Definitely. Sure. All right, well, Bria, thank you so much for doing this episode with me. I had so much fun. Tell people how they can connect with you. Give us your Instagram or whatever. Yes, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Bria Black underscore. I post about hair, hair stuff. I'm all about hair right now. So <laughs> follow me on Instagram and I'll be sure to follow back. All right, talk to y'all later, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Mariah. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode. I hope that it was able to enhance your life in some way. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast before you leave. And also follow us on Instagram at underscore girls IRL. Go out and live a fearless and filter free life. And always remember to keep it real.